This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? we got a major topic today, something that anyone who's trying to get their foot in the door in the pro wrestling business wants to learn. Today, I am going to take you through the top five things that you have to learn in order to be a pro wrestler. And here's the deal, guys. We're going to go through this list today, and you're going to hear some things. And what the problem is a lot of times is I find that people fail to master any number of these things. And what they do is they get frustrated and they give up. Sometimes you're going to focus way too heavy on one of these things and you're going to end up treading water and unable to progress in the pro wrestling business. Getting a basic grasp on all five of these things that we're going to talk about today is going to allow you to exist in the world of pro wrestling. But listen, listen, here's the quotable moment. Here it is right here at the beginning of this podcast. If you master all five of the things that we're going to talk about today, you will live in the pro wrestling business. You will feed your family and pay for your house in pro wrestling. You'll never work a day in your life because you're going to do the thing that you love the most. So you can tell I'm excited to talk about this stuff today. My name's John, of course. I'm sitting here with Aaron as always, man. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. For sure, man. For sure. So, So, I mean, you want to dive right into it? Yeah, John. So, you know, the five things that you need to do to become a master... To, become, to master the skills to become sure. a pro wrestler. So what is the first thing they need to master? So right off the bat, we're going to talk about something that maybe you have some knowledge of, maybe not, maybe you've heard the terms, or maybe you've just seen it. Number one, right off the bat, rolls and bumps. You've heard about bumps, right? So bumps, basically, essentially, the art of falling down in pro wrestling. This is where tumbling and gymnastics really come into play in pro wrestling. So these things, these roles, dives, agility, being able to have mastery over your body, body control, a strong, developed core, and I'm not talking about having six-pack abs, even though that might help. Having a developed core that you have control of is so, so important to this portion of pro wrestling. So your roles and your bumps are number one. And here's the thing. I, I, I get this a lot when I talk about these things with, with people getting into the pro wrestling business. But So imagine when you're, when you're watching a pro wrestling match and you see a guy take an arm drag. You see them take a hip toss, a back body drop. These are things that, that you're probably familiar with, but a lot of people don't realize they're all the same bump. They're all the same roll. They all have all the basic same necessities, tucking your chin, keeping your core tight, being aware of where your arms and legs are following, all these things so important. The same bump, the same roll that you see people take on an arm drag is the same roll, the same bump that they take in a DDT. That is, that, that's a phrase there, and if you know what those terms are, that's great. If you're a fan of pro wrestling, you do. And it's something that no one ever realizes. You're telling me that the move that, in appearance, drives someone's head directly into the ground is actually the same as the one where you take their arm and just throw them over into a flip. It is. It absolutely is. And breaking these things down is how you master this portion. But specifically about bumps. 
When we bump, when we fall down in the ring, very important things you have to do, like tuck your chin, keep yourself safe, keep your neck and head safe at all times, distribute your weight evenly, not just across your shoulders and upper back, but across your shoulders, upper back, lower back, your arms, your triceps, the palms of your hands, and even the bottom of your feet. Distributing that weight consistently, evenly throughout your body to absorb that impact. Because I'm telling you right now, and anyone who's, who's, who's maybe had any experience in pro wrestling will know this term, but a lot of people say you've got, a, you've got a limited amount of bumps in your career because they take a lot out of you. They take a whole lot out of you, wear and tear on the body. So learning how to do them properly Developing that toughness, that consistency, and that timing that you need to distribute your weight and keep your body, your joints and tendons and everything safe, super important. So step number one, master the rolls, master the bumps. Yeah, and if I can chime in here as just as, you know, as a fan, I've been watching a lot of indie you know, shows mm-hmm. and getting to see some of these matches over the last year. And you can tell the guys that can take a good bump and to me as a spectator, everything just seems to flow more and it allows me to buy into the story more whenever sure. they have whenever those bumps are just clean and smooth and then transitions are nice. So just from a you know that uh, fan perspective, that makes a huge difference uh, you know watching those. Absolutely. So we got we got bumps and rolls, John. Uh, what's number two, man? So number two, being in ring shape. Now this that term ring shape. You're going to hear it a lot through our program, through our podcasts, and that has a lot of different parts, okay? So it is about looking the part. It's about being physically conditioned, and I'm not necessarily saying that you have to look jacked to the gills. you got to look right. like, you got to look like, you know, Batista or something. I'm not necessarily saying that, although, again, that can help. It's about looking unique. It's about having an appearance that sets you apart, but... Regardless of what you look like outwardly, you have to have that conditioning. You cannot be one of those people that dies inside the ring mm-hmm. physically, conditioning-wise, yeah. to where you cannot keep up the appearance of pro wrestling. You just you can't be. And ring shape is the term that we use because a lot of times you're going to hear that there's nothing that gets you ready for the ring like the ring. There, there, and basically, we're saying there's nothing that can get you physically ready for pro wrestling training except for pro wrestling training. And, it, you know, it is, but it isn't true. But here, here's – and this is something as a, as a coach you're going to know and, you know, I know very well. But, like, hit training. So high-intense interval training, that's essentially what a pro wrestling match is. It's boom, 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 fast, breathe, slow down, mm-hmm. grab a, a wrist lock, grab a headlock, breathe, communicate – Get your bearings back to you, and then boom, 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 you're going again and again and again, and you're going to build to a great crescendo, yeah. and you're going to have this, this fantastic match, and you're going to be able to do that if you are physically in the proper shape. Now, looking the part is a huge, huge thing. We've heard over the years that especially in the WWE, which is the, that's the big league, that's the right. place you want to be, you got to look the part. you got to be big. you got to be strong. Look like you can throw some weights around. And, and that's also about putting in the time and effort to your body to, to, to actually put in the effort that it takes to hone your craft because your body is your tool mm-hmm. in, in this sport. you got to take care of your body. you got to look the part. you got to feel good. you got to be able to keep up with the other guys around you because that's the worst thing. If I have two guys wrestling 
and I see that one of them is just unable to keep up because physically they're just unable to keep up timing wise. They can't be there. I mean, that person is not coming back to my show. Like you, you've yeah. got to be there. You've got to play the part. Yeah, and again, I've seen that before where the guys mm -hmm. just aren't in shape, so stuff starts getting sloppy. Sure. And that goes back to where the bumps don't look good, you know, sure. everything's not looking clean and good. And then, and then as a fan, you lose, you, lose them, uh, you lose me in that story. Without a doubt. And then just, again, with the strength and conditioning, being in, being in ring shape, you're going to take those bumps, mm -hmm. which you mentioned a while ago, it's going to tear up your body, Absolutely. right? You have to be doing them well to stay healthy. But if you're not in shape enough to be able to take a good bump, then it's going to cause an injury later down. So it's not only looking good, like you said, but right. you have to be in shape to keep up with that hit training, but also strong enough and sure. uh, to be able to take those bumps over and over. Without a doubt, absolutely. And I've seen some of the guys, you know, they have a finishing move where they have to pick somebody up. Right. And they are struggling because right. they are sucking air and they are exhausted to be able to hit that big, you know, right. finishing move to put every – and that can run – you know the match uh, without yeah. a doubt. I, I've heard you know I've heard before you know if um, some of the trainers that I went through as well said you know if you can't do ten push-ups why would I let you suplex me? And right. I mean it makes perfect sense. Like you're putting your body, your life, your limb on the line when you let people pick you up off the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean that's a major, major commitment, a major trust there. And I, I want to know that the person doing it has the ability to physically perform yeah, it. They have to trust them without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, definitely. All right, man, so we have rolls, we have bumps. Um, for number two, we have physical conditioning, not just looking the part, but being in in-ring shape. Uh, what's the third thing that we need to master? So number three, the actual wrestling. That, that, that's a broad umbrella. It covers a lot of things. But specifically what I want to talk about in number three here, wrestling is mastering the fundamentals. The very, very basic maneuvers right after the bumps that you're going to learn in pro wrestling. I'm talking about uh, if you have any experience in wrestling, you're going to, you're going to know the, the term chain wrestling, chain holds. These things, they get so overlooked sometimes, and, and it's crucial, it's crucial to grab the attention of that audience that you treat everything you do within that ring with respect. Some people, I see this, we were talking about this, you and I were talking about this the other day, yeah. where I see guys have these matches, and I feel like in the first five minutes, all they do is they go, okay, this is the first five minutes of my match, this is where I have to do some wrestling. So I'll do headlock, wrist lock, right. hammer lock, and they're just going through the motions without any commitment yeah, whatsoever, like and... You know, we can kind of relate this to uh, MMA and mixed martial arts. You have to take this seriously, especially since it's so prevalent nowadays. Like, there, there are things nowadays that I think have to be treated differently. This is just a small example. But with MMA being so popular, I don't believe that the classic pro wrestling sleeper hold can work the same way. Right. The fact where you, you grab, because a sleeper hold is essentially a rear naked choke. And we know from watching MMA that a rear naked choke can end a match in three seconds or end a fight in three seconds. So in pro wrestling, when you grab a guy in a sleeper hold and he's in it for three, four minutes and you're raising the, you know, the old thing used to raising be they'd the raise their arm three yeah. times. You know, it's, I love that gimmick, though. It <laughs> is. Uh, okay, and I understand. That was what I was about. That was the point I was about to make. 
it's a sad thing for some people to realize that maybe that has to go away. And now, I'm kind of specifically talking about the sleeper hold. There are other instances where you can get away with the arm raise and everything, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. But, but specifically with a move that's so universally recognized as a rear naked choke, you've mm-hmm. got to treat it differently. But I, I don't want to heart too much on that one hold. Every hold needs to be taken seriously, from the arm bar to the, to the wrist lock, to the waist lock, and the hammer lock, and the thousands of others that are there. You have to learn, not only learn these things and learn how to seamlessly transition between them, but you have to master them. You have to treat them with respect because they deserve a lot of respect. That, that used to be the high, the high spot, as we would call it, where you're doing something yeah. huge and impressive. Nowadays, that's you know, you're probably going to have to do a flip to get that across. Back in the day, it used to be that hammer lock. Right. And I'm not saying that that needs to come back. I'm saying that you just need to treat it with the same amount of respect that it, that it deserves, that it used to always get to where people really, really, truly believed in it. So learning these holds, mastering these fundamentals and the fundamentals that come along with it holds into your suplexes, into your slams, your hip tosses, your arm drags, all these core fundamental things that we all learn just because everyone learns them doesn't mean that they're not important actually what did i just say the fact that everyone learns them means they are the most important and i hate the fact that people don't treat them that way i i i have seen people discouraged because it's like oh you know i guess i'll do a hip toss there no 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 if you treat it with the respect that it deserves it's great. It can be used in so many different ways. Such a classic thing. So number three, the wrestling. Master these fundamental holds and moves that you need to learn and never, ever forget how important they are and never do them in a way that cheapens how important they are. Yeah, man, that's a great point. Again, from the fan experience, mm-hmm. you can tell when those guys are just going through the motions and when they're taking it serious. And one of the things that... I pointed out the other day that I've noticed is, is it realistic? Because sometimes you'll have a bigger, especially these indie shows, you'll have a sure. bigger guy versus a, a smaller guy. Right. But the smaller guy is getting the bigger guy in these holes and the guy's right. not breaking. I was like, that, there's no way. that It's just not as realistic as it should be. Absolutely. You know, with it. So, man, from a, a fan's perspective, that, that chain wrestling, which I enjoy, right. uh, makes a huge difference. And what you're talking about there, the the... So that particular instance of, of a big guy, small guy, will segue perfectly into kind of the other half of number three, the wrestling. So part of the wrestling is not just the physicality of it. It's also what we would call the psychology of it. Mm-hmm. Making things make sense and telling a story beginning, middle, and end. Every pro wrestling match is a story. It has a beginning, it has a middle, it has an end. It doesn't matter if it is a 20-minute pay-per-view main event or if it is a six-minute TV match. They all have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and they should have an over-encompassing story. story. And the psychology of that stuff, the psychology of, of course, if if a 180-pound wrestler grabs a 275-pound wrestler by the wrist and then launches him across the ring against the ropes, it just doesn't make sense. You have to keep these things in mind. The psychology of it. The psychology of if... You tell a story in a match where someone has, say, an injury to their leg, their knee, maybe their knee's injured. You sell that for the rest of the match, the psychology of it. Now, selling, psychology, 
selling the art of all these things which are under this number three, this wrestling. These are all things that we go into amazing detail in in our upcoming program, Pro Wrestling Academy Online, yeah. which I spoke about last week briefly. It's coming in the future. And just as a quick reminder right here as we're kind of in the middle, if you want to be up to date on every single thing that we talk about today in detail and every project that we're bringing to you in the future, I want you to go to Facebook right now, go to the search bar, and type in how to become a pro wrestler. When you do that, you're going to find our logo, red, white, and blue logo. Find it. It's our Facebook group. I want you to request to join that group. It's a private group. Request to join it. We will add you, and you will have access to myself, to Aaron, to these podcasts every time they come out, and to any project like that Pro Wrestling Academy Online that is coming in the future. Yeah, for sure. Got to get there and sign up for that. For sure. All right, man. So we got we got the first three. What is number four? Number four. This is where we go into character development, being a personality. Yeah, so this these, is one of my favorites. Absolutely, right? man. And the, and the, it's it's the wrestling is super important, but so is this because the people that you remember the most, the people that that make you love pro wrestling. Like when I first got into pro wrestling, you know, Sting was the first wrestler I saw. He had the face paint, the black coat. The crow, he carried a baseball bat. I loved everything about it. It hooked me. It hooked me so much. I was like, I am in. I don't know what this is. And, and you and I talked about this in the past as well. But I was really never a sports guy, never a sports fan. I know that, you know, wrestling and sports, are they the same thing? Sports entertainment versus sports. But I was never into anything that seemed like a sport. And then when I discovered the characters, when I discovered Sting first and then Stone Cold Steve Austin, which really right. took me, that's what hooked me. That is, that is, Sting got me in the door, and then when I saw Stone Cold, I was off to the races. It was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it wasn't about what he did bell to bell. It was about who he was as yeah. a character. It was, it was everything, the way he walked, the way he talked, mm -hmm. the way he dressed, everything about him, so unique compared to anyone around him. So number four, character development. And it's about that. It's about being unique in your appearance and in your personality. Right. So if you're trying to get into wrestling, it's about taking, taking a note of these things. What kind of character do you want to be? Sometimes you're going to have to experiment. You're going to have to try different things. And some things are going to stick. Some things are not. Uh, I, I mean, sometimes you're going to start and think, man, I love Sting. I'm going to paint my face and do this. That might not be the way to go, though. Maybe it is. Maybe that'll work for you great. But then maybe you realize, hey, I need to spin this a different way. Maybe I need to try something else. I, I, I have a friend who wrestles right now, still wrestles to this day. When I first met him, it had, had to be over a decade ago, he played a very like clean-cut kind of arrogant, um, almost like maybe you could say uh, high school bully, high school jock style yeah. character, you know, varsity jackets, all that stuff. And fast forward 10 years, he is now, you know, he had long flowing hair, varsity jacket, real clean cut, all that good stuff. Fast forward to today. He is now, he wears the traditional, you know, small biker trunks. He has lost a lot of teeth. He shaved his head. <laughs> He tapes his fists, and he is just a mad 
crazy man. That's what he is now. He's complete. It's a complete 180 from where he was 10 years ago, and he's so much more comfortable and confident in what he does now. Right. It's amazing. It took him a long time to get there. But now he's there, he's succeeding, he's making money in pro wrestling, and I'm super proud of him. But that's part of it. It may take a long time to get there, but that's what we're here for as well, is to help you flush out these characters. If you are already in the wrestling business, this can help you as well. Sometimes you just have to look around the locker room. Look around the locker room and see how everyone else is dressing. Is everyone else in the locker room wearing the colors red and black? That happens a lot. If everyone around you is wearing the same colors... Maybe at the next show, you show up in blue and yellow. Yeah. You know, it's, sometimes it's just about looking different. And that could even spark your personality to go in a different direction. But we could go on and on and on about character development. I know you're passionate about it. And it is such a great, important thing. And it's going to be another huge aspect of our program in the future. So, but, yeah, those personalities, those are what grab you. Right, man. And like you said, this is going to be part of the Academy Online when we get it launched. But we're going to break that down into you know how to create a character very specifically so you can hopefully take a, quite a bit of the guesswork out of it. It's still going to be some trial and error and seeing how fans react sure. to you in the ring and stuff like that, but really be able to get this where it's digestible for people to say, this are the steps I need to create a character and then be able to test it and then you know go from there. But yeah, I, I, I love character development because I, I love wrestling and I love the stories. Sure. And without a good character and without uh, something to overcome, I can't get sold um, right. you know, during the match. And I, I, so this to me, like for me, it was Hulk Hogan right. in the beginning. You know, I had Hulk Hogan, sure. uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, I, that, that, that was one that I loved. Absolutely. Um, and then it got into, I really enjoyed Mankind. Um, that was one of my favorite ones as he went through Cactus Jack and just his whole, you know, Mick Foley's kind of thing. Absolutely. I really enjoyed all of his stuff. But that character development to me as a fan is just one of the most vital things because I've been watching recently and I'm having a hard time mm -hmm. uh, really relating right. and getting drawn into these characters that, sure. they're, that they're developing right now. And to be honest, I've seen some better characters that have sucked me in here at these indie shows. Right. And, and then this kind of relates to some of the other stuff, but I'm like, oh man, this, I, like, I like this character. Like, I'm, I'm digging where he's going with this. Right. And, and he's wrestling and stuff. And then I think, why hasn't he made it? Why is he not, right, right, like, right. what, you know, has he not been able to send in his application to the, you know, NXT sure, sure. and get accepted? What's the deal? And I know, as we've been talking about this before mm -hmm. and planning for this, it's one of these five things. He's, sure. Maybe he's missing, you know, uh, being able to do everything good. Maybe he's not in good enough shape or he doesn't right. look the part or his character needs a little bit of tweaking or something. It's a piece of the but, puzzle. But he's missing yeah. a piece of that. But I think the character may be one of the hardest things because you mm -hmm. say, you know, you've got – Stone Cold, yeah, and he he came up as a different character, under absolutely million yeah. dollar man and stuff, yeah, and, yeah. And, and working up, and then he finally found his character right. and what he was. And I think, like, if I think about Hulk Hogan, he had, I think maybe when he first started, maybe mm -hmm. a better grasp on that. Yeah, but if you listen to him talk, he stole things kind of from people, absolutely, and put it together. But he also uh, was able to kind of just really get people into that story and then buy it into the character and it was very relatable. You, so. you take you take inspiration from where you can get it, piecing things together from here and there. I, I've always been a huge comic book fan and I based yeah. my character a lot off of a character from a comic book called The Watchmen, which is a very popular series now, so a lot of people probably know that. And and his name was Ozymandias and his whole thing was, he was a villain, but he was 
he was the smartest man in the room always, and he it, it was just about doing whatever you could do to win, and and you know a lot of more subtle nuances and whatnot to that. Which again, those are things we break down in my personal story and stuff deeper on the actual program. But but you you couldn't you couldn't be you know more on the point than you were with like looking at some of the local guys that you've seen and think, man, I love this guy's character. Everything about him is so entertaining, so interesting, so great. How come he's not further? How why is he here and not somewhere else? Right. And it's very much because he has this. He, he's got number four down, but maybe he's missing two and two and three. You yeah. know what I mean? Like with and and that's that's the thing. Like I said, you can get down one or more of these, and and you can have some success, but you're going to end up spinning your wheels. But if you can get them all down, you're going to go places. Yeah. Well, we had one guy, and I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, at one of these shows, but he came out and he was kind of a, like a biker kind of character, right? Mm-hmm. So he came out like tough and stuff like this, but then once he got in the ring right. and some of his mannerisms and stuff like that just didn't match sure. what, what he, the story he was telling when he sure. came out. And that just completely lost me. And, and that's, that's again about you, you have to believe in your character. So if, you, if you're trying your, your hardest to get a particular character over, as we would say, to get, to get them you know, the fans to react and, and interact with them, you know, and you don't believe in it, why would they? Like, if, if you don't believe in your character, if, if maybe you got strapped with that, maybe the promoter, maybe the person in charge said, you're going to dress like a biker, you're going to be a biker, you're going to go out to the ring. Right. But then once he gets in the ring, he doesn't know what to do. What does that mean? How does a biker fight? Maybe he's not a biker, never biked a day in his life. Yeah. You know, so it's probably time to, to maybe sit that promoter down and be like, hey, we need to pivot or I've got some ideas. And that's another very important thing. Bringing your own ideas, being self-aware, and knowing, man, what I'm doing is not working, and it's time to try something else. Yeah, and I think you know, if he had that one piece of the character, mm-hmm. like I said in that academy, we'll break that down further sure. on the, you know, what it takes to be able to build that perfect character. Right. But he was maybe missing the, he had that, the look, but he was missing the psychology part on Absolutely. how to make that character come alive. Right. But anyway, can I? I'm, no, well, it's number great. four character creation. But so, man, you ready for the last one? I'm ready. All right, let's give it to him. All right, number five in these top five, your promos, your public speaking ability. Now, this covers, again, a broad umbrella of multiple things because promos could mean anything from you and a camera, one-on-one, something that's going to be put out there for people to watch and consume on their own, you standing in the ring in the middle of hundreds of people mm-hmm. speaking to a crowd, and it's, it's all about connecting with whoever you're speaking with. And this goes, all these things piece together, right? So there's running threads through all of these different tips. The, the, the psychology of everything and the storytelling of everything. A wrestling promo, a pro wrestling promo, is exactly like a pro wrestling match. It has to have a beginning, a middle, an mm-hmm. end, and it has to tell an overall story. It needs to encompass something, some point that you're trying to get across. Now, all the different subtleties to doing a promo in front of a crowd of hundreds of people versus what it's like to do one in front of maybe just a cameraman in the back that's going to go out you know, that's going to be broadcast to someone. There, there's differences between those and how you need to act during each of them. And again, that's the things that we're going to break down for you in our uh, Academy Online program. But being able to speak in some level or another, we're not all going to be Ric Flair, okay? Like, we're not all going to be Ric Flair. It would be great. But then again, he's the greatest for that reason. 
So I'm not saying that you have to be the world's greatest talker. You don't have to be Flair of the Rock. But you have to be competent enough in it and confident enough in your own ability to do it that you can connect with the crowd because yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah, you got to be able to connect with the crowd and then, like you said, tell that story, have mm -hmm. that beginning, middle, and end that's going to get it and be able to get them to want to see the match. Like, how are, like what, are you, what are you selling to yes. them that's going to get them to say, oh, man, I have to watch this, you know? Right. To really get them to buy in, to want to tune in, and you know, see the match. Talk them out. into the building. That's that's what it's all about. Talk them into the building. Sell yourself to them. You are your product in pro wrestling, and this your promos, your speaking are your sales pitch. I mean, a lot of people maybe they maybe they did see you wrestle first, and they came in for the wrestling. But you've got to keep them there somehow. You've got to keep them there, and the speaking is such a huge, vital, important part of that. No matter where you want to perform in wrestling, be it locally where you're at now, maybe it's in front of millions of people worldwide with the WWE, you've got to be able to perform this. It is a huge, vital tool that you have to have. Well, man, and I think it like these indie shows that I've been going to, those guys mm -hmm. that the crowds are smaller, right? Right. So they're really having to pull them in because they've not seen their character before. Sure. They don't, so they're having to put a lot out there. Sure. And when they're able to interact, I think those indie shows is what's going to really help them to hone their craft when they're able to get to the bigger stage. And they're going to get paid more money because if they can connect with the crowd, that crowd's going to want to come in to boo them or to cheer for them for the next event that's going on. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I've, I've, when I was you know, making money as a pro wrestler, a lot of times I heard from promoters that they were sold on me based on a two-minute promo that they saw on the internet. Yeah. They saw me speak and decided to hire me. They didn't watch my match, mainly because it was 20 minutes long and they don't have that kind of time. But they saw me talk for two minutes, and they're like, oh, "That guy, that guy can definitely talk. Let's bring him in, and give him a try. I'll watch his match live in my show. I'm not going to watch this match that's already on the internet, but I will watch him speak for two minutes. Sell yourself. This is it. This is your commercial, your promos. These. It's such such an important aspect that gets overlooked sometimes, but it can't be. It it has to be there. You have to be confident enough to do it. Yeah. All right, man. That's it. We went through all five. Let's go back real quick, real quick, and recap. So number one. Rolls and bumps. Number two, being in ring shape, physical conditioning. Number three, the actual wrestling. Number four, your character development and your personality. Number five, promos, public speaking. That's it. Yeah. The five essential things that you have to learn to make a successful career as a pro wrestler. Like I said at the very beginning. Most people are going to fail to master any of these things. And what that leads to is frustration and ultimately giving up on their dream. Some people focus way, way too much on one aspect. Like you said, maybe the person that you saw locally that had a great character, could speak very well. They focused way too much on the things they were strong at. And it, it garners them brief success here but they're unable to go anywhere else and they're just treading water because yeah. they're lacking those other parts. If you can get a basic grasp on all five of these tips, you can exist in pro wrestling for a long time. If you can master all five, you will make a full career from wrestling and you'll never work a day in your life because you'll be living your dream 
and you'll be a pro wrestler. There you go. All right, man. Well, thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast where we give you the skills that you need to go from your living room to the main event. And like we always say, don't Don't wait wait on your opportunity. Take it. There you go, man.